Well, hey, this is the Andy McMillan podcast, and you're watching episode six. So I just realized that I'm editing episode five, but I said episode six. It's what you get for planning ahead. Well, this is the podcast where we talk about Bible, uh, life, and healthy relationships. And this is the second episode of College Edition. And I'm here with my friend and co-host, Michael J. Sutherland, which is about the most Southern Texas name that you could have. So how about you in Texas, Michael? I'm doing great. Actually, that was a very nice compliment. I, I, so I've been in Texas only for like, this would probably be, this would be two years now, but I've lo- I lo- I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. I love living in Texas. I love living in Texas. In Texas? Exactly. It's going good. I'm uh, really enjoying it. I'm taking, so I'm a ministry major here. Uh, that's my senior year. That's what I'm here for. But I'm taking only history classes because that's what I'm getting my minor in. I love history, but I've never taken, like I've only taken a couple like prerequisite like college history classes. So this whole semester has just been like book reviews and reading so much. And then- Not going to lie. That sounds awful because what I remember about college history classes is all of the tests were remembering like people and dates. And I loved sitting in the lectures, but the tests drove me crazy. I actually, I, I don't know if I told you this, one of my favorite uh, history classes I've ever had, I had it in um, the, at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, uh, UAB, go Blazers, woot woot. Uh, I didn't get a degree from there, but I did go there for an extended amount of time. Anyway, um, I had a professor who was British. He was from London, grew up there, was raised there, and taught American history. And if you want to experience um, American history in a unique form, listen to a dude who's not from here talk about it. Like It was very eye-opening and a little on the depressing side, but it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. You should have given him tea every day. Yes, that probably would have gotten me a better grade because I think I got like a C in that class. There you go. Well, hey, today, uh, Michael and I are going to be talking about healthy relationships again. And uh, we're actually using this uh, particular episode to launch the next series of episodes about building a foundation of healthy relationships. And, I, you know, we're going to talk just to, just for a couple of minutes about why are healthy relationships so hard? You know, I think that all of us want healthy relationships. And we even see throughout scripture the need for healthy relationships. If you look all throughout the Bible, you can see tons of scripture, both directly, indirect, and indirectly, telling you you need deep-rooted relationships. Let's look at one of them. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one of them can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. This is really uh, a few verses saying the same thing over and over and over and over again, that you were not designed to do life without healthy, deep relationships. You need healthy, deep relationships. You need people in your life that know you beyond 
uh, just hanging out randomly and going and grabbing dinner or going and seeing a movie. Like you need people in your life that deeply know you. But for many of us, we don't have that. We're surrounded by people. We have more friends through social media and more people keeping up with what we do now than ever before. Yet we are dying for intimacy. We are, we are desiring intimacy more and more and we're missing it. Why is that? I think a lot of us struggle with deep relationships because they're hard. They're, they're hard to find people that we are comfortable enough to open up to. And, and we're, we're worried and maybe a little paranoid that what happens when I open up to somebody? What, is it, what, what happens if they, if they wound me or what happens if they hurt me? Or maybe you, you have struggled to have deep, healthy relationships because you've, you've tried before. And when you've opened yourself up to that, maybe that person stabbed you in the back. Maybe that person betrayed you. It's, it's so painful when we have those moments of, of wanting something so bad, but also on the inside being afraid to receive it at the same time. Yeah, it's definitely something uh, I know, especially from my generation and younger generations, how it seems like a lot of people are very, uh, they have a lot of social anxiety, they have a lot of depression, and a lot of it comes from them not having intimate relationships at all, not having a sense of intimacy with relationships, within friendships that, that aren't really that deep. It seems like there's a lot of friendships that they have that are so surface level, and it seems like because of social media, even though its implication should be that we are well-connected, it's all... Focus is just on, well, what is the best part of everybody's life? And I think within comparison, people start to think, well, maybe judgmentally, they start to think, well, maybe this person is really only like that, but they're not really like that. And everybody starts to tear each other down. But at the same time, while they're tearing other people down, they want friendships that build themselves up. They want friendships that build each other up. And it seems like there's so much pent up of everything that they're trying to, they're trying to find intimacy in something, such a deep desire for intimacy. And it's specifically what you see in, in the passage of, of how two are better than one, about how it's important that we find friendships. God intended us to find friendships. God intended us to have community. God intended us to be with one another. Why would he make more people? Why would he even even made Eve if Adam would have been fine by himself? He created us with an intention to be with other people, to be with others. And it's so sad to see, especially in communities of younger people, how they're starved of that and how they desperately want that but at the same time, even though they all desperately want it, they aren't seeking out to find find friendships with each other. Yeah, I think for many of us, uh, when we begin to have that deep relationship for maybe the first time, we're not aware of the uncomfortableness that comes with it. You know, that, that first moment where you have a disagreement on something that actually matters, not like, am I going to Applebee's or O'Charlie's? Well, of course, O'Charlie's because they have the better buttered rolls. Uh, but if you're stuck with the idiot that wants to go to Applebee's instead of O'Charlie's, you know, I'm not talking about that kind of an argument. I'm talking about deep philosophical issues or maybe even spiritual issues that, that are tough. It makes for an uncomfortable moment. And if we're not used to intimate relationships, we'll bail on that friendship. We'll put distance between us because we didn't like the uncomfortability of that. But we forget that Proverbs tells us, and I think it's Proverbs 27, it says that the wounds of a friend are faithful, but the kiss of an enemy is deceitful. What does that mean? It means that we actually need those faithful friends in our life that are willing uh, to, to give us a little conflict, that are willing to push back in our life and, and challenge us, or, or maybe even 
um, correct us in some instances. We need those relationships. We need them. We need them. I know, especially uh, for, I mean, even within our relationship right here, I know in my younger years, I, I needed you to help build me up. It's almost as sharpened as iron sharpens iron, but we have so many relationships with other people where it's just iron trying to sharpen wood or wood trying to sharpen iron. It's just not going to work. It's just going to end up blunting it all together. And we need to be able to seek relationships. Of course, as a Christ follower, you're supposed to love other people. You're supposed to seek out other people, get to get to know them so you can lead them to Christ. But at the same time, you need relationships that help build you up. You can't be the person that is just trying to disciple everybody if nobody's discipling you, if nobody is building you up. You need friendships. You need friendships in almost every category. You need friendships uh, vertically where somebody is pouring into you. You need friendships where, where somebody is below you so you can pour into them. But at the same time, you need friendships that are on the same level. You need friendships on the same level so you can look at your peers and say, well, well, well what are you learning? What am I learning? How can we help each other grow in this season of life? But it's exactly like what you said. It has to start with an outgoing wanting to find those friendships. You should be finding friendships. You should be finding people in friendships where you leave the conversation not torn down, not weary, but you leave the conversation feeling empowered. You feel leave the conversation feeling like, man, I, I, really, I really love that guy. I'm so glad I got to talk to him. Where meeting up with them is not an inconvenience to you, but it's because you want to you want to meet with them because they're your friend because they build you up because you get to laugh with each other you get to you get to grow together and that's what's really important is that we're seeking that out actively but not just seeking out friendships just to have friends but we're seeking out friendships that we build us up and we get to build them up as well yeah absolutely so what does it mean to have a healthy godly friendship well Today, we're going to talk from like a 50,000-foot view of what I call um, the relationship triangle. And we're going to talk about three different sides to healthy relationships. And then in the next few episodes, we're actually going to talk about each of these individually. But the, the foundation of the relationship triangle is what I call mutual wholeness. Scripture says this. It says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear much fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And then if you skip down in verse six, it says this, that apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I think that this is very important for us to understand that God first desires, if we're going to have healthy relationships, for us to abide in him, to have that relationship with him. And we need other people in our life at the foundation of our relationship with God that are abiding in God as well. That's what I mean by mutually whole. That in the healthiest relationships that I have with people, with others, it's when I'm abiding in God and, and my foundation of my life is my relationship with Jesus. And theirs is the same, that their foundation is their relationship with Jesus. And when that is right, it makes our relationships so much more healthy. When I'm not abiding in Jesus, I begin to look and expect for things in that relationship that are different uh, than what God desires for me to get out of the relationship. Why? Because I'm looking to fill the void that Jesus should be filling um, inside of my soul for, from another person. And no person can fulfill that. But when we're mutually whole, we each have that fulfillment coming from God, coming from our relationship with Jesus. And when we choose to be mutually whole in relationships that are in that, there's not this weird expectation that one person is expecting more than the other because one person has a relationship with Jesus and the other doesn't. And that doesn't mean that you need to be the, you know, the 
Jesus relationship police, but it does mean that you have a relationship with people that you are confident in their relationship with God. The second part of this triangle is this, and we're going to talk about one of the sides first, and that is the side of vulnerability. Now, we don't like to be vulnerable. As a matter of fact, I think that one of the greatest deterrence from people having a deep relationship with other people is vulnerability. It requires me to be open about my imperfections, open about my issues. And the Bible actually tells us all throughout scripture, especially in the New Testament, that we need people to be vulnerable with. Let's look at a couple of scriptures together. The first one is this, James chapter five, verse 16. It says, confess your sins to one another. I don't know what you think vulnerable conversation is, but confessing your sins to one another is is about as vulnerable to me as you can get. Sitting down and being open about your issues, open about your imperfections, open about your problems, and not just being a... Uh, a show where you pretend to have it all together, being that person that that you're willing to open up to somebody. And, and that is, I'll say this, it does take time to do that. It does take time to build that relationship in a way that you have that trust. But we need people to be vulnerable. Another scripture says this, Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. So we're not just supposed to talk about sin. We're also supposed to bear one another's issues. When I'm struggling, when I'm having a bad day or a bad season, like, you know, being stuck at home with two kids, three and under. My wife is a champion. I can't believe she survived COVID-19 stay-at-home orders. Uh, When you go through a difficult season, uh, you need someone to bear those burdens with. You need somebody to share in your issues. And not only that, we, we also see that if we're not willing to be open about our issues, that we're actually lying to ourselves. If we want to be truthful about who we are, we need to be open about our issues and about the things that we're just struggling with in life, maybe that have nothing to do with sin issues. We need to be open about those things because it allows us to be truthful about who we are to ourselves. When we tell nobody our issues, we can easily trick ourselves into thinking we have no issues. And we all have issues. I really do believe that we need to find people to be vulnerable with. Yeah, it's important that we are. We're finding people to be vulnerable with. And that's what true friendship is. Friendship should be to the place where you are capable of being vulnerable with that person because you trust that person. You understand that that person has the best interests in mind for you. And that all goes back to even like the first point. It's about being how we're being mutually whole, how we're having the no matter what friendship you have, your identity, it's all found in Christ. The foundation of it is found in Christ. I even love the last part of uh of the verse, the main verse that we're talking about with Ecclesiastes, because the last verse kind of talks about how uh, the one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. But I really think it's interesting how at the very end it says a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And I've always thought of it like, well, maybe the two strands are the two friendships, but the number one strand that makes sure that it's not broken altogether is God. That's the number one reason why it's all making sure that it's not broken is because it's the main thing that's keeping it all together. And within vulnerability, we were kind of talking about it on our last episode of a college edition. We were going through unity in the church and especially going through 1 Corinthians. It's important to be vulnerable. It's important to be there with others when uh, the celebrations happen and when the good things are happening. But it's also important to be there with others through suffering. It's important to be there with others through the worst times in their lives. Because what happens is if you are able to be with a friend, be with somebody who you love and care about through the worst of their 
their times. Imagine how amazing it feels when you're going through the worst of your times and somebody is there for you. When you're going through the worst of times, you wish somebody would be there to care for you, to take care of you. I always think about being a kid when I was when I was sick, especially being in college when you get sick. It's like the worst thing ever. You're just sitting in your dorm room sick by yourself and it's awful. But I remember when I was sick as a kid and oh man, your mom comes in and she's got the soup. She tells you if everything's okay, if you want jello. Oh my gosh, it's amazing, right? And it's almost this idea that what could happen if when we're going through stuff, we get people, a community of people, we get friendships that are so deep that they care for us and we get to care for them. It's what's special about godly friendships. It's what's special about Christ-like friendships is so much deeper than just, oh, well, I know what his favorite hobbies are. I know what his job is, or I know what he wants to do with his life someday. But it's about truly loving that person. And it has to start with, you're, you're exactly right. It has to start with vulnerability. It has to start about being open in not just certain areas of your life that you're comfortable with, but it's also about being open with all parts of your life. It's about sharing a lot more than just surface level things. Yeah, absolutely. And if you are a student at SAGU watching this and you're in uh, Michael's dorm, you just heard it. He wants Jello. <laughs> so just jello. throwing that I out there. He's, he I'm needs Jello. Preferably lime no, Jello. Strawberry. Um, lime uh, is definitely okay. the worst. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but anyway, all right. So the third part of this triangle is that relationships, healthy relationships propel us forward. You know, the, the truth is, is that it's much easier to have friends in our life that don't push us forward. It's much easier to have friends in our life, honestly, with people that we feel like we're a little better than, right? And, and maybe we're doing a little bit better than they are because it makes us feel good. But those aren't healthy relationships. Those are just relationships that build up your ego. What we need in our life are people that we're challenging each other to move forward. I've got a couple of friends uh, that every time I talk to them, Every time I talk to them, whether it's about work or it's about family or it's about their own spirituality, I feel encouraged and challenged. And just by talking to them and engaging with them, I feel like I'm growing. And that's what healthy relationships should do. They should be propelling us forward. I, I believe that. We need people in our life that are helping us grow and develop. And when we're mutually whole and we're willing to be vulnerable with each other and there's that safety and, and confidence and privacy there, uh, that they have the ability to propel us forward. Now, the catch is that we have to be vulnerable with each other, but we also have to be willing on both sides of the relationship to propel each other forward. I can't just let somebody do that for me. I have to also be willing to do that for them as well. Exactly. It's important. It's, it's, it's one of the, it's another essential part of friendships altogether. It's about being, it's about propelling. It's about pouring in. That's what differentiates a friendship that is just some random friendship and a true Christ-like friendship. It's about all three of those things. It's about making sure that God is the foundation. It's about being able to be vulnerable. And at the end of the day, at the very end of the conversation, you should, you're exactly right. You should be leaving with this feeling of, man, that was good. Because if you can have that feeling leaving a conversation, what stops you from wanting to do it again? Because that's what builds on top of friendship. Well, why would you want to be friends with someone who every time you leave the conversation, you're tired or you're worn out and you're like, man, all they do is just talk about their problems, wanting me to fix them. That's all they do. But what if you left it feeling encouraged, feeling like you can really do this, feeling like they truly love and care about you? And all those three things is what makes a, a relationship, makes a friendship so good. And it's exciting because especially in that my college career, I've already found friends like that. I found friends where we're on those full three things. And it's, it's, it's severely important if you're going to truly have Christ-like friendships. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to dive into this over the next few episodes much more deeply. So I hope you'll join us. And if you enjoyed this video, like it, subscribe. Hopefully, if you go to Sagu and you know Michael, you've already subscribed. I I need more subscriptions than my mommy. So I need you to help me out. So let's, uh, let's get that going. And we'd love for you to enjoy this content every time it comes out. And you can see it by subscribing. Thanks so much. Thanks, Michael, for being here today. We'll see you guys in the next episode.